and you're listening to The Cloudcast, a podcast about pop culture and the creative life from an Asian-American perspective. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 78 of the Collabcast for Thursday, July 28th, 2016. Wow! I'm Marvin. And I am Minji. And we are your hosts for this podcast where we talk about all the pop culture and Asian America and... And beyond. And beyond, yeah. <laughs> um, it's an internal cast this week. Yay! Uh, we have... We're keeping it in the family. Keeping it in the collaboration family. Side note, everyone that is a guest on our Cloudcast. Is now fam. So that's, I'm going <laughs> to amend what I just said <laughs> earlier. Clarification. Edit. Yes. Fam. Joining us this week, making her return, is our intern, Aubrey Magalong. Hi. Hi, Aubrey. Hi. How are you doing, girl? I'm good. I'm glad to be back. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a few weeks since our last uh, fellow young people episode. Where yes. We to it's a much coveted uh, fellow guest spot. So fellow young people part two. I'm never going to live Marvin. I'm going to never let Marvin live it down. <laughs> no, we're going to be 90 something and you can still say that. Hello, fellow, fellow young, young person. <laughs> it's good because when we do need someone to step in to be our third person on our podcast, we can reach in and pull in our intern who... Basically, I'm who needs to work for me, or else she can't graduate college. <laughs> Sadly, but you <laughs> love kidding. it, right? I love it. <laughs> for those who don't know, Aubrey is our intern. She's like holding a knife against my throat. False. <laughs> she is libel a and slander. False accusations. <laughs> She's a senior at Cal State Los Angeles. Yes. Yes. I was about to say Long Beach, but. Other like, the other way, <laughs> um, and LA she is um, she's is interning for us for credit, which she needs two of to graduate. Ooh. You're so close. You're we are holding stretch. your diploma hostage, seriously, <laughs> until you finish this podcast. But hey, 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 hey! At least I'm having fun. Yes, yeah, see, there you go. There we go. <laughs> Welcome back to the Better show. Exactly, Aubrey right? has been really hard at work for us. Though we just finished, uh, we finished our LA show a couple of weeks ago. Yes. We didn't talk about it last. Last episode. Did we not talk about it at all? No, oh, really. Interesting. We were in that like, our, yeah. weird twilight zone of like, we're done. I don't know what to do I with I think myself. everyone just kind of like got a breath of relief <laughs> after the show. And everyone was just like, oh. Very celebratory breath of relief because it went really well. It was well. a really good show. And Aubrey, it was a lot has to do with Aubrey's impeccable stage managing skills, oh, keeping no, all no, those no. people on and off Hell the stage. Yeah. I was with her. We were kicking it backstage the entire time. I know, for real. <laughs> Aubrey was my, my companion. We were jamming out. Oh, you know, we were, we were yelling at Aubrey, like, tell Minji we're set up. Tell her to stop talking. <laughs> I had to, like, go in the wings and, like, whisper really loudly. But, I'm but I paid no attention. <laughs> <laughs> I started speaking and I cannot stop. <laughs> Don't ask me to vamp. I'll vamp. Well, it's great to have you back on the program, Aubrey. And Thank hopefully we'll have you. you on at least one or two more times before... We're done with you and you go off into the real world. Or you yeah. desert us for the... No, you know. I'll never desert you guys. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I just wanted fam. public recognition and it's now recorded, so it's legally yeah. binding. <laughs> I just want Aubrey on the podcast to advertise our internship program and how much fun it is. 
It's amazing, you guys. You should come intern for Collab. <laughs> get to do a lot of stuff, like be on this podcast. It's <laughs> really part of the perks. It is, yeah. really. Share your thoughts. For reals. <laughs> no, but seriously, it's been awesome having you around. And and, and, and it counterbalances all our old foginess. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I'd like to, I would like to I would campaign like to say that I just... I, Level 10 on Pokemon Go now. I just caught a golem in Little Tokyo earlier today. <laughs> Why? He came back from his like lunch and he's like, I caught something. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> I don't even know. Is the this still a thing? Is everyone dude. still zombied out all over? Oh, everywhere? yeah. We, were, uh, yeah. we went to a Conan taping and they were talking all about it. The Very guest nice. was just on his phone playing Pokemon. When did you go time? to a Conan taping? <laughs> I took Aubrey as a reward for her for her services. Wow! Way to have Minji find out on the podcast on the air. <laughs> what the heck? We no, I'm really again. happy. No, it's totally fine. No, I've got I've got with Martin. He's he's awesome. Who was the guest? When did it what, what? That was Chris Hardwick. Oh, uh, uh, what? That's awesome. When Chris when, when was this? This was, this was Monday. Okay, you punk! <laughs> you could have told me. <laughs> I would have been like, "Awesome, have a great time, <laughs> <You> jerk!" <laughs> I was literally like, "Is Minji going? <laughs> Is she like, coming?" <laughs> I was on a plane, being eaten alive, or no, dealing with being eaten alive. You were coming home like that night too. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm glad you guys went. Don't keep secrets from me, <laughs> Brad. <laughs> anyway, I'm glad you had fun. That's awesome. That how fitting that you. Saw Chris Hardwick. I know. That's so cool. It's actually like my third time going to the taping. Cool. Yeah, we've been a couple times. I've been, I've been we a We spent the whole time trying to figure out who we were in the, you know, like who was the me in the Conan <laughs> production and who was the Aubrey in the oh, Conan I production. Oh, I love it. Aww, we were like, that's so cute. <laughs> when Conan came out, we were like, that's Minji. <laughs> <laughs> hey, whoa, hey, whoa. <laughs> You're the star. But that, those are very, very giant red-haired shoes to fill. <laughs> No, Conan, he's he's amazing. He's amazing. <laughs> That's so funny. I love it though. That pr- that hashtag production life. Yeah. For real. Aww. All the all the toys we want. I know. Oh, I know, <laughs> we're just right? Like, how much is this? You no, know, every <laughs> event Marvin and I go to, we're like shaking our heads. We're like, mm mm mm. <laughs> they didn't get their call sheet done in time because they're running behind now. It's <laughs> like, what time is it? Exactly. No, <laughs> we're learning. We're learning. We're learning. I don't think we have any grounds to call people. I know. For running behind. I know. But let's just let's dive into it. Each and every week, we start the podcast out with a roundtable discussion where we talk about pop culture and Asian American stories yay, yay, yay. that's on our minds. So this week, I'll start because what's on my mind is Comic Con, which I didn't get to go to this weekend, oh. but it was this past weekend. And well, we were going to have Jane Lully as our Comic Con correspondent from last year, but she's uh, going to Hong Kong, so oh. she's, she's, she's there. She's there now, huh? Yeah. Did she go to? Yeah, she goes every every year. Oh, that's how I, I learned about Comic Con. I remember last year she was on the podcast, and I was one. T- I think I was traveling, so I wasn't there. Yeah. And then listening to that podcast, I feel like I got like a Comic Con 101 from Damn. Jane. I'm kind of because I lived in San Diego for six years, so I used to go around the periphery of Comic Con, and I used to go every Sunday because I had a friend with a pass who would leave on Sunday, so I would take his pass. Wow. And go in. You Strategy. Check out that. This was back when Twilight was all the rage. So oh it was all Twilight. Wow. Like, what's what's the Twilight event? Twihards? Twilight? I don't know. I don't know. I was actually not a part of it, so. <laughs> Team was Jack, I. the vampire. <sighs> Team Edward. Edward. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the other one? Jacob. Jacob. Jack. Jack. My best friend named her, jo- her job, her dog, Jacob Bell. 
Jacobel. It's El. It's Ella, right? Wow. Wait, is it Jacob? And then El- is it Ella? Wait, who's who's? The, what's the girl's name? Beatrice. Shut up. Bella. Bella. Yeah, oh. Jacob Bell. So she named her dog. <laughs> who's a boy? She named him Jacob Bell. That's hardcore fan. It's from, right there. but she wasn't really that big of a Twilight fan. I don't know where the names. Apparently, just inspired she was. Her. <laughs> she really isn't. She, I, I'm pretty sure Linda doesn't know much about Twilight. I mean, we have a friend um, who named her cat after a Harry Potter character. See, so. that's I would. Well, in any but case, I wouldn't be surprised like, if people. Yeah, because Harry Potter's a little bit more. <laughs> Did you get to live very like vicariously through all the photos going up? Because I just saw like I was taking a look at all the cosplay, cosplay photos. It's interesting. Oh, interesting. Um, and I mean, in terms of Asian American news, I was trying to gather the highlights, and it was mostly you know superheroes, CWs going through their whole new season of Flash and Wonder Woman, and mm, yes, uh, not Wonder Woman, Supergirl, and all that stuff. Um, but I wanted to highlight one really cool thing that's coming out is Greg Pak, the um, the writer behind, uh, or the comic book artist behind the new um, Hulk, the Korean Hulk. Um, <laughs> Green he, like the soju bottle. His new... Wow. Um, <laughs> Just saying. His new comic book series, um, Kingsway West, is coming out. And this has been in the works for a long time. And it's a story about... It's a Western story about a Chinese-American cowboy who's out to like save his wife or something oh, and the cool part about this um, project is that uh, as part of creating it he actually reached out to a lot of asian american artists to write songs like theme songs for the characters in that's it that's amazing and jane louie is one of the artists that wrote songs yes. very so, nice Dang, she been here. <laughs> Girl. it's really cool um Good you guys check it out it comes out next month um i think On i want to say it's dark horse but i'm not sure now I'm thinking of Katy Perry. <laughs> yeah, it's Dark Horse Comics, um, which was um, one of like they're one of the big you know indie publishers okay. in, in the game. Awesome. They're not so indie anymore; they're they're huge now. Right. But yeah, as is Comic Con. Um, I mean that's the big highlight in terms of Asian Americans and comic book Dang. fandom. That's a big. I one. love the geek fandom. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> I have great respect and admiration for it, even though I don't partake. <laughs> And I think the cosplay stuff is really awesome because I'm coming from like Miss Theatrical. Well, we're talking to a cosplayer right now. (laughs) Our our young intern, Aubrey Mangalong, was cosplay three different (laughs) costumes during Anime Expo, which took place last month. What were your costumes? Not that I would really know, Um, but I still want to know. They're from a really, really like curly anime shows <laughs> cool that's awesome what what are the what's the show um one of them i don't remember i feel like i do a lot <laughs> she's like i do this too many times one of them like, was yeah, one punch man oh I yeah one sure. punch man because that was I the did, only one i recognized i did tatsumaki she's like this bratty girl <laughs> nice. they're all short characters because i wanted to be that as the central theme for this very year. cool See, yeah. I love that. So- okay, so even though I'm not into the cosplay per se, every time there was any, like Halloween, love it. Beta Breakers in San Francisco, love it. Like any, uh, even when there are like raves and things like that, when there's a specific thing that you wear and you kind of can go crazy with right, it. Right, right, right. I love that stuff. And I think that it's so fun that people get so into it. I just love it just because it's like, a different, I guess, persona that you put on. Yeah. It's like being in theater again. Exactly. And it's great. <laughs> I'm like, see everyone? That's Acting is fun. <laughs> I mean, you, you fun. can't just reserve Halloween for dressing up as another character. You know, you got to have additional. Yeah, you have That's why I said. I was like, we should have this once a month. Halloween should be a once a month. It's great. <laughs> occasion. Actually, for me, as like 
I guess like as a cosplayer, quote unquote, Halloween is like my least favorite time to dress up. That's so funny. I don't know why. Like it's I like it's try on the less. Totem pole. <laughs> really? Yeah. I try less in Halloween because I just want to like have fun <laughs> rather than actually but that's trying. the fun of it i guess i don't that's know true. i get really lazy during Halloween. that's so fun <laughs> well that's great that at least you have your other outlet yeah i was the joker that was awesome with the scars oh my but god but then she like are you what like plan out your outfits like yeah. months in advance i remember seeing this on your instagram oh yeah but that's how i knew what to buy you when i was in taiwan what kind of anime what kind stuff? of anime yeah. i'm into <laughs> well that was my you know half-assed comic-con update because i didn't really go no. so i'm gonna bring it up let people know we should it go next happened. year we should yeah um aubrey what's on your mind this week um this week i saw an article yesterday that fresh off the boat is getting a season renewal for season three yes ah, so happy and they're gonna work their like first few episodes into going to Taiwan. That's so cool. <laughs> so they're going to play that whole like uh, uh, APAs going to the mainland thing. And I think that's really great. Because <laughs> that's, a, that's such a unique story. I don't think that's ever been on network television about the Asian American kid going back to Well, it's always, you know, mainland. the white dude ending up in a strange land where no yeah, one speaks no, English. Yeah, no, that's why. It's like a whole different, like, story when, like, Asian Americans go back to their homeland. Yeah. Because then you see more <laughs> American to <laughs> Of everybody. course, you're the alien there. For yeah, sure. exactly. Well, I don't know so. if you guys caught up with the end of Thresh Out the Boat season two, but the, um, the, st- the season spoiler alert, if you guys haven't watched it, it's been months. You guys should have watched it. Um, the end <laughs> of season two actually set this up because basically um, Ken Jong, who plays Randall Park's in-fiction brother, older brother, um, comes to visit them in Florida and it ends up taking his mom back to Taiwan. To so grandma's gone? Well, grandma's, yeah, grandma, he took Visiting, grandma back right? with him. Okay, I and love grandma. So, She's great. And so, yeah, the, the uh, idea here is, yeah, the, the family chases after them. Oh. Yeah. I'm excited <laughs> to see how this show, because, you know, as awesome as the show is, it's still kind of, there's still that feeling of rep sweats, right? There's still, still that feeling of like, will this show be able to pull this off? Will it be able to do it justice? And yeah. uh, I've gotten to the point where I'm, I'm tr- I trust the writers to like treat it, you know, well. I guess. Well, right. I feel like they're putting ABC has put more due diligence than any but any other, yeah. you know, production to make sure that that's not an issue. It feels <laughs> like um, this cast and crew really does embrace its position as you know, in, instead of shying away from the rep sweats and like playing it safe, they they go for it, and I think that's what yeah. make, that's what sets the show apart, even if it is a. You know, a family sitcom, and they try not, to make it yeah. as authentic as possible. Yeah. Well, they got Constance Wu, and that girl has been on fire lately in terms of oh yeah, just being very beautifully outspoken. Mm-hmm. And and I've had issues with that as well in terms of yeah, just gen- general rub sweats of like who's going to open their mouth and what are they going to say, and is it going to be reflective of what I can stand behind, and also what I know my fellow my peers that are all very passionate about the same issue will they be able to stand behind it? Because you never no it's like just because they're the squeakiest wheel doesn't mean that yeah. Yeah. they're they're kind of framing it the right way mm-hmm. but with her i'm so i'm so grateful that she a has the guts to go about it the way that she does and she articulates it very with like there's just no bs and there's no 
room for any stupid argument. Like right. people can disagree and with it. And there's quite a bit of sass too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I think is a, is a whole different generation. And that's of what makes her very respectable in her own way too. Yeah. I'm interested to see what kind of angle they take with you know because they're with this type of setup. There's the there's there's a different type of. Um, there's different types of stories you can tell or different types of, I guess, um, perspective, right? Because even knowing people who go back to, you know, Taiwan, China, the Philippines, Korea, there's different reactions to it, right? Like some people go back and realize, wow, this is like what I've been missing. Some people go back and literally are like, feel like they're like a they're foreigner, right? Or you're either yeah. on And I wonder, ends. you know, if they're going to go broad, if they're going to go nuanced, if, you know, how... Right. How are the they're going to portray that the kids being back in Taiwan and you know are they going to be like the big dumb Americans or they're going to yeah. be like you know if, I'm really interested to see if their experience I, of course it's not going to capture my experience right it might person, though but, I know. don't say like write that off I I really yeah. honestly I haven't watched every episode watched pieces here and I've watched the majority of the first season but I feel like I have I have trust that they're going to be able to make the right take the right angles. Yeah. Um, and it, it is a very, you know, like there's so many different ethnicities and, and immigrant families and people who are just like, you know, just living somewhere different right. <laughs> that can relate to that. And I think that's why it's so kind of, you know, not, I don't, I hate using this word, but it's very historic to have that represented on network television in the United States to yeah. say, Hey, yeah. this is what a lot of us go through and how, this how is what it's like for peculiar us and uncomfortable that can be, especially for a kid right. who's a foreigner where they are, where they're growing up and yeah. then they go to their motherland and then they're the foreigner there. Yeah. So I, I have faith. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I think it'll be really good. Awesome. All right, Minji, what's been on your mind? What has been on my mind is the East coast. Um, the East Coast. It you was, mean Mosquito Land? Yeah, I'm itching oh. like 19 different bug bites right now, or refraining right now. I heard you also went there in like the hottest weekend in any time. Yeah, it was summer. like five was straight really? days of the night in the 90s. In for our listeners who haven't caught Boston. on, uh, Minji was out in Boston this past weekend at as a speaker NASA. for the um, yeah the. She got a certificate. <laughs> I did. It's right there on my desk. That's the National um, Vietnamese American Student Union, right? North American, mm. yeah, because they're across wow. North. Yeah, and so. Um, and, and it was East Coast, this Boston was their host city this year. And I just, I've heard about them because we, I know, we know several people from staff or volunteers or artists, people from collaboration who've been part of it. And, uh, one of the people in charge of it was Jennifer Ney, who is part of our collaboration Boston team or she was, and now she's like one of the top honchos for that, which is awesome. And I love seeing her do her thing. But it was really cool to see. I'm sorry, we're coming from a CASA background, the Korean American <laughs> Student Association of the early 2000 era. Um, seeing how organized they were, how uh, structured they were. They had like an election when I was leaving. Uh, it was just Legit. really, really impressive. <laughs> yes, that actually, that's a pairing with all the stuff going on right now. That's my <laughs> real topic. Um, but they're, they're two in the same. It's just kind of like to see a generational difference of college students um, really take on a different spin of ethnicity, of identity, and seeing where they're taking it is really, honestly, so starkly different from what I experienced in, in my Asian American days in college that I, I, I that st- being exposed to that is super, it gives me so much hope. It gives me a lot of enthusiasm and hope and passion because I was like, okay, 
we talked about drinking and karaoke majority of the time. <laughs> uh, whether or not we would allow alcohol at XYZ event. College Where are we going stuff. clubbing to raise money for our club? And I was like, well, is the point of our club to go clubbing? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, right. It's yeah. just a different time. I mean, I think a lot of it also has to do with the club itself. Yeah. Because right? yeah. I remember... Um, I was I went to a couple of meetings of APSA down in UC San Diego, which is the Asian American group that was more politically active. Mm. And I remember um, back then I was like you know young eighteen year old freshman and how intense they were about advocacy activism kind of scared me away. Yeah, and <laughs> that's know? a tough line. We yeah. talk about that. Like, at what point does it? Because you want it to mean something. You don't want to be like too yeah. political, but at the same time, you want to get your point across. Yeah, because it's yeah. not, it's not, you, you got to have, there's substance there. And that's something that's very. Yeah, I mean, at some point you have to, especially as a citizen or as a person who lives in the United States, you know, be aware of what, and we talked about this, you know, this week too, because of all the conventions going on, like yeah. just exactly how our political system works and what the elections mean and the fact that like having a voice and being participating like participating mm. yeah. in the system is yeah. like your right and your duty really yeah right yeah. well and then to what extent people take that seriously because that's what and this is actually funny this is like the tail end of my time with UNAFSA but watching the beginning of their election um, before I had to go was it's just okay, it brought back a lot of memories of when I campaigned in high school for a student government things like that how many how many of us in general kind of thinking us on a larger scale how many of us in in a minority demographic and then as a millennial demographic and then is like you know based on where you live geographically things like that like how active are we how informed are we and how participatory are we because I was just okay. I was so impressed. I was like, "Oh my god, look at you, little twenty-one-year-old, getting up there and campaigning, making your speech, making your pitch about what you want to change within the organization." I mean, it's all these baby steps, right? And the people that we're seeing now on the forefront, on a national level, that impact the entire world. I mean, I, yeah, I'm taking a good, long, hard thought, you know, thought process of their resume and their their legacy and all the things that they've done because it all starts even just as young kids. And it was just a, such a reminder of that. <laughs> so I don't know if you ever were part of, did you ever do, have to do that like speech and debate or? I did it once for high school for. Uh, and she's like, I never club. went back. <laughs> 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 I went into video it was, production. It's terrifying. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's scary. No, but right? like, yeah. yeah, you have to take so much attention to detail to every single, like, I guess, campaign that you do to every per- cater to every like, person that you want to get the vote right. for and it's just crazy and life is life. political it's like because no, when yeah. these kids were like saying their pitch they had to they did their speech a which is like the most feared thing in the world apparently and then second they had to get in the center stage on the mic and then they got grilled by a committee in yeah. front of everybody in front of their i mean all their pitches peers. are really scary in general right so. <laughs> so they're like okay so you said this what do you mean by that and how are you going to do that like you're putting you yourself out there it's the same with like anyone that you want to get your point across like us <laughs> yeah yeah and and that kind of feeds into that other generation of the asian american voice being stronger that's ultimately what was so inspiring about all that Aww. because that to me it's still and so this goes back to my session where i was talking about careers in media and entertainment right but the majority of the Q&A was taken up about talking about parents. Like talking about how, how, do you, how, do you, how do you deal with going for what you want versus what is what expected of you. <laughs> and voice is part of that, right? Like yeah. Marvin and I talk yeah. about that all the time. 
I mean, it's not a unique struggle by any chance, but it's definitely a, an Asian American struggle, mm, like something yeah. that Intense. most Asian Americans can identify with yeah. because we do have to deal with you know, our culture, which you know, which promotes what well, flail piety, like respect your elders, yeah. do what they say. Oh, you know. filial piety. Okay, yeah, filial yeah. Filial piety, seniority. What did I say? I think you said flail. Flail. Filial. <laughs> filial. <laughs> I was like, oh. I can words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. And that's the ongoing thing. And that's what hasn't changed. Like in all the years I've been part of collab. It's been a central theme. Yeah. And the, all the years I did Asian American stuff. I did all that stuff since high school. That conversation is still very pivotal and very central to like the struggle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely a generational thing too for us. Because as second generation children of first generation immigrants, we have to deal with a stronger, you know, like culture that hasn't been filtered through the american lens yet like you yeah. know how we treat our children might be completely different from when our parents but right now us. most it's of tapestry us, yeah. if you will yeah, yeah. so <laughs> you know our children might have you know a different set of issues like this probably won't be as big of an issue you know my parents don't want me to do so and so it might be more like i wish my parents would give me more structure right exactly. <laughs> you know? never, you're never gonna have it all it's yeah. like they didn't do this for me <laughs> No, okay, so we just have to deal with we're we're gonna we're gonna mess it up somewhere, <laughs> one way or another, and they're not gonna get it until they're older and adults. And feel, but so this is the message to American or corporate American journal: enjoy this generation of kids who are good at math because it's not gonna last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that okay, that's a whole other topic that we're, we're not gonna have any more accounts. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, this weekend was very, and I'm very grateful to you, Nafsa. If there's anybody listening, I totally plugged our podcast. Um, <laughs> but just talking about the importance of our voices and that it's not something trivial and entertainment. You can look at it from a very Hollywood superficial point of view, which I absolutely don't. There is that element, yes. But um, all of that to me combines. All of those things connect in terms of us being able to represent ourselves and to represent, like figure out who the hell we are, you know, in the grand scheme of things and not be dictated just by like, this is all that I've known, so this is all I'm allowed to be. My big message was like, just explore your options. Do your research. You want to like be an engineer? You could be an engineer on a movie set if you felt like it. That's, yeah. That is a job. We spend 10 minutes at the end it's of not every just movie. like a one set path. Yeah. Somebody needs to figure out how explosions work. Exactly. That won't, yes. kill. That won't kill people. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And it, even if you're doing it digitally, there needs to be somebody with that scientific background to like give you an accurate in post whatever CGI effect yeah 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 I, I thought it was a really fun discussion and it was funny that it, a lot of the questions and the answers were around parents were like literally the one the first question was like what was the scariest part in your entire uh, <laughs> acting career and I was like talking to my parents <laughs> <laughs> and they're like how'd you handle it I was like by almost having a heart attack I don't know <laughs> And, and and then a lot Telling of people started parents. nodding, and I was like, okay, so this is something. I feel, right. I Mrs. feel. Mrs. Chang, yeah. is, Mrs. Chang is fine now. She recovered from her heart she attack. She recovered. My dad, not so much. Like, <laughs> no more movies. It's always the. Dad. I was like, I haven't even been in a movie. Yeah. <laughs> you mean no more movies? No, but to Asian parents, it's all movies. <laughs> yeah, I know. So voice, voice in 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 creativity, voice in Different art, paths. voice in <laughs> politics. Like seriously, though, and it's very, it was very like remind reminding me. Okay. If I'm gonna say or think X Y Z, I gotta I gotta be involved. I need I should know what's going on. I should read a freaking article or two a day. Hmm. You know, <laughs> get away from my spreadsheets and my emails. Yeah. 
So, yeah, that's, awesome. that's been on my mind. Well, glad you had a great time in Boston, despite the um, sweltering heat and the mosquitoes. It looked pretty cool from your Instagram. It though. was beautiful. It was beautiful. But, yeah, I'm itchy as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break uh, to talk about some collaboration updates. And we, we'll be back to talk more about Asians in media. Woo! And this podcast is brought to you by Collaboration, a nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment, discovering, elevating, showcasing, and connecting the creative talent in our communities. Thanks again for listening to our show this week. Hope you've been enjoying yourself so far. Um, just wanted to go through a couple collaboration updates, and then we'll get you back to the show. Um, we do have an upcoming event this Saturday. If you're in the Houston area, Collaboration Houston is holding their showcase this Saturday, July 30th, 2016, at the University of Houston Student Center. Show starts at 6 p.m. And you can find links to the event's ticketing um, on the Collaboration Houston Facebook page. So check that out. And as we get closer to the end of the summer, keep an eye out on collaboration.org for updates on the upcoming collaboration star taking place in los angeles on saturday november 12th this year we're combining star with the empower leadership conference taking place that weekend uh, keep an eye out on collaboration.org for more updates on the finalists from all the different cities to find out who will make it to the finale showcase also while you're on collaboration.org don't forget to check out all our content that we've been putting out um, including our green room music series and our coffee break interview series there are also blog articles and podcasts such as this one. And for those of you who are interested in helping out in one of our member cities, um, or as a writer on our editorial team, or as an intern if you're in the Los Angeles area, um, please check out our Get Involved section on the site uh, for more information on how to apply. And before we get you back to the show, just a quick reminder that if you have any questions, um, feedback, or topic suggestions uh, for the podcast, you can reach us at podcast at collaboration.org. We always look forward to hearing from our listeners and answering your questions. And that'll about do it for this break. Uh, thanks again for listening to the Clubcast. And now um, let's get you back to the show. And welcome back to the Clubcast, episode 78. Hi. I'm Marvin, joined by Minji and intern Aubrey. What's up? Welcome back to the show. I uh, hope you had a good break. Uh, we're going to just jump right into our feature topic, which came about because I watched Star Trek this weekend. Oh, you did? Yeah, the new one, directed by Justin Lin. Yeah. And I had almost forgotten that he directed it until I saw like, his name in the in the credits. Oh, and I was yeah. Like, oh, yeah. And I thought it was pretty cool that like we have... I mean... There's tons of directors, tons of people making films, but in like terms of mainstream blockbusters, you know, we have terms as Hollywood. Yeah, mainstream. I mean, we have our artsy dude in like in um, Ang Lee, Ang Lee. Oh Ang yeah, Lee. yeah, Ang Lee. And we have Beautiful our director. horror dude in James Wan, who did yes. Saw, but now he's, he's took over like, at Fast and Furious. Oh now. Yeah, 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 yeah. He also did the he, did he do the Conjuring? Um, I don't think so. Oh. I don't follow horror because <laughs> I care about my sanity. And then now we have Justin Lin, who's like gone from indie dude who made Better Luck Tomorrow now to like, do you want a movie with giant explosions and cool cars and hot people? Get Justin Lin. He can do it. I think he's directing hey. um, Lights Out too. 
as well? Or is that someone else? I have no idea what that I'm is. I'm not sure. It's like a new movie that's coming out. Is that another horror movie? Yes. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> I'm getting scared right now. Just saying. But yeah, I just wanted to, you know, bring, just so talk inspiring. a little bit about just how, you know, we talked a lot about how we've made a lot of progress this past year. And something we didn't talk about when it happened, I think we made some passing reference to it, was after the whole stink about Oscar So White and Chris Rock and all that BS. Yeah. Um, we have 10 new members of the Academy that are Asian American mm-hmm. or Asian Asian American. Yeah. And I just want to run down the list because it's a pretty cool list and very varied, like people in all sort, all different parts of the filmmaking or entertainment process. The right. Academy. So we have like, we have screenwriters, playwrights, directors, actors, actors. and you know, it's really quick down the list. Um, so I, I originally had um, our, blog editor Lauren compiled this list for a <laughs> article that um, we didn't have time to put out. So now I'm just going to, thanks Lauren for doing this job. I'm now we're sharing on the podcast. It's great. Podcast, yeah. <laughs> but like uh, Mike Fong, who is a visual effects artist at Pixar. Oh, get nice. it Mike. You know, Carrie Fukunaga, of course. Uh, Swoon. Director and producer. Um, Swoon. And oh. Apparently hot Goals. Dude, Swoon. <laughs> James Hong, longtime actor. Love. He played the dad, the adopted adopted dad in uh, Kung Fu Panda as I well as you know he usually plays <laughs> the Chifu old Chinese man yeah. oh okay he's in a lot of I mean You've before that people are gonna get yeah. so mad there's like he's had such a long career in <laughs> and way no more prominent films and they're like you're referring to animated films you idiots <laughs> he was um, Blade Runner he's one of the scientist dudes um, Big Trouble in Little China he's been around if you see his face you probably know who you know he is. him you know him he plays like every Chinatown man in every you, you know, like know him but in every Law and Order and he's very man. special Chinatown episode he's probably in it <laughs> and we met him at the Cape event and he was just the yeah. nicest person <laughs> David Henry Huang of course we were just at his the theater named after him for, for collaboration, collaboration LA um, playwright wrote M. Butterfly Chinglish every like prominent Asian American very prominent Asian American Playwright um, Daniel Day Kim, of course. Aww. Another he swoon. Is an, he's an Academy Aww. member. Also the nicest person. Hawaii Five O. Broadway. Cur- the King, the and King I. of Siam in wow. The King and I, and also like, I really wanted to get him on this podcast because I feel like his voice would just explode. His recorder. voice is so <laughs> resounding <laughs> and charismatic, and I'm doing such a bad job at trying to <laughs> trying to. It. It's <laughs> bad. But he's also very he's. Very down for the community. He's oh, very super, super down. Like, nice and you know, too bad he's in Hawaii show. all the time for his show. But you know, when he's around, Hawaii's he's usually he comes out to things and just all around cool dude. Um, so Young Kim, a director, um, she uh, a Sundance um, director. Uh, she does a lot of um, films that I've never heard of, but I will watch now. <laughs> in between days, Treeless Mountains for Ellen. Put it on the list. And Karen Kusama, who was also a director for both film and television, um, she uh, debuted. Her debut work was uh, Girl Fight, and she mm. was also in Aeon Flux and Jennifer's Body. What that was the that, that was, was the, with uh, what's her face uh, Megan, Megan Fox yeah. and the greatest actress to ever walk. The that face was the one where she was like having sex with dudes and killing them, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that though. <laughs> <laughs> How interesting. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> um, Roy Lee, who is a producer, um, he produced Sounds The Grudge, so How to oh, Train Your Dragon, why. Lego Movie, and The oh, Ring. Oh, um, I'm over here fangirling. <laughs> <laughs> Sanjay Patel, who is another animator at Pixar. He's the one who did Sanjay's Super Team in the last uh, 
Oh, right. The, the short featuring the Hindu god. Yeah, so yeah. cute. Hindu it's so uh, adorable. And uh, last is Elizabeth Sung, who is another long mainstay Asian-American actress who has been in tons of movies. Probably seen her um, in most recently in The Unbidden. Um, she was also probably best known as uh, one of the actresses in Jola Club. But oh. she's another face. If you've seen her, if you see if her, you you'll recognize her. her. Oh, okay. You know? Because, you know, back in the day, there were only like five Asians <laughs> on TV and they all played, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. But yeah, I mean, very, very list and kind of shows that we've, we've infiltrated all around That's the so entertainment amazing. sphere, right? We must continue. And like Minji said last segment, you can, you know, you can be a writer, a coder, an engineer, like... The animators are essentially, yeah, like computer. They work on computers all the time, you know. Right. There's a lot of entrance ways. That and now, is so amazing. Like I said, for every album that's made, or every movie, or every show, we spend a significant amount of time watching credits because there's so many other people that are not, and way more people behind the scenes than in front yeah. Yeah. that made all of those things happen. So. I it should be a rule to always stay for credits. You know, to acknowledge. <laughs> I always do. <laughs> I secretly, I'm not secretly anymore, but I always watch for like the Asian names. I was like, oh, Korean guy, Kim, got same, it. same. Oh, they're Something all the joy. all the um like special effects, graphics yeah. artists yeah, and yeah. stuff. Yeah, but there are people like honestly, costume, makeup, like all of it, music production, like figuring out how the, like the arrangements go, like all that is so There's incredible. So many and things that magical. need to be done in when it comes to a show. So, yeah. But, but yeah. good for holler at the Academy members. Momentum. That's amazing. Because more members in the Academy means more people that they can bring in. Yeah. And so, you know, we're, we're breaking Inspiring. our way in. And I know I've met one person there, James Ong. I've met him. So I know <laughs> someone in the Academy. That's pretty. We've also met Daniel. And Daniel. What am I saying? Two. Yeah. <laughs> so you have two connections. Yeah. Yeah. It's just awesome to feel, to you know, like you to know, know someone somebody that's, that's in the Academy. That's it's incredible. Great. You get the vote on best actor yeah you know so then more diversity means more better chances to you never, win you never know who <laughs> fills out the ballot though there's a famous like one clip where jennifer lawrence was on a some talk show and she's saying how her mom took her card and voted for her really i That's... voted for the academy like she's like what the hell <laughs> it's rigged <laughs> yeah exactly so it could be james hong's wife whatever who's also lovely so <laughs> yeah no, be, it's an honor to 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 contribute. You know, say that yeah. like, oh, it's one of thousands of people. Yeah. But still, to be one of, you know, to say like your your opinion, we we honor your opinion. How should we move forward? Yeah, and I mean, going back to um, my original thought about you know, after watching Star Trek and just realizing that like an Asian American dude was the at the helm of this like, multi million blockbuster movie with a lot of Chinese money. There's like nowadays, all the big blockbusters you see, like Alibaba Productions in, in front and everything. Really? Yeah. I haven't noticed that. Um, They're talking about that with Independence Day, too. Yeah. yeah but there's like random Chinese people. Did we talk about this last week? No. I okay. Think so. It came up in a conversation recently where they're just like, yeah, you'll know if it's Chinese money if you just see random Chinese, Chinese people, people <laughs> pop up and they make no sense to the plot. They're not important, but they're there. But they're extras. <laughs> yeah, it was a part of the contract. A lot of the yeah. movies are being uh, marketed to like international, especially like, to China. For sure. Billions so, of people. Yeah, so market. if their money is going into it. so. But there are restrictions with that. Like they, you can't, you don't have the creative liberty to just make whatever. That's true. Because so... Yeah, certain things you can't say. Comes with the, the price. Sensor. Yeah. Um, I mean, studios nowadays know that 
the biggest market is China. Mm-hmm. That's where you get billions of tickets that can be sold. Mm-hmm. And there's there's always going to be movies that won't play in China. Comedies, mm-hmm. for instance, and um, dramas, like indie dramas, like mm-hmm. those don't really play as much. Although China does love their indie type drama with long, sweeping shots and like very like atonement, but that's not an indie film. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's I'm thinking of Pride and Prejudice and things like that. With, like, like all the, long... the all the Zhang Yimou films, right? Like um, like House of Flying Daggers, right? Or you know, where it's it's just very. It's a beautiful film, maybe a little slow, but it's beautiful. There you right? go. And that's how you get. That's how you get slow like films. Are. Yeah, that's how you get international acclaim. Yeah, right, at Cannes or <laughs> blockbusters and yeah. that. But that is, I mean, from a from a creative standpoint, it, it kind of it does it, it it prompts creativity in a different way. Where if you have a premise or a plot line or something that you want to say, um, when you have restrictions that you have to figure out a way to include it some other way. So in a way, it's not necessarily like killing creativity might be challenging you to think otherwise. So say that if you want to reach a certain market, but you know that you can't talk about XYZ or include something, just get more creative. But like, it also sucks to say like, I mean, if we ever had to tell Tarantino, tone it down. (laughs) He'd be like, no. It wouldn't go well. (laughs) I don't think he'd make movies. I mean, he'd make the movie and the studio would decide whether or not could ship to China. But, I mean, well, right, no, there's, there's still a quota China, in, like, yeah. number of, yeah. a number of, you know. It's yeah. business. All right, I want to bring it back to the whole Asian Americans, <laughs> just Justin Lin being, you know, like. But it is part of that conversation. And, I don't think it's disconnected from what you're saying. You're talking about he's at the helm of like a multi-million well, dollar film. I want to go more into like now that we have people there. Yeah. Right. How how do we now that we have the foothold? Right. This albeit rep sweat you know, laden foothold, but now you know, the door is open for more people for to, to people. rise up, right? A crack, yeah. People like our friend Andrew Ahn, who, you know, is making lots of waves in the in the in, in the, the in the film world. And, you know, James Wan who started out doing saw movies but yeah. now is moving up. He's, you know, graduated to it's like Fast that, and Furious level. Like you what know? you said, like a crack in the door for everyone else. So yeah. Walk through. But then I'm just playing devil's advocate because I feel like the argument that's going to arise or the the scrutiny that's going to arise is people saying, is it your job to then only focus on... That's up to him, right? It's his choice. But are you you going to only focus on... Say that you have a program. Are you only going to focus on Asian Americans? Make that your... Well, I mean, I'm not even saying that. I'm saying now now that there is a prominent Asian American, more than one now, in the industry... Perceptions are starting to change too, and we're starting. You know, we've talked about seeing more Asian Americans in the C-suite, more Asian Americans from the Academy alone in all facets of filmmaking. You know, back then, I was just talking to one of my friends who's been making films for a long time. He's saying back then, when he tried to reach out to an Asian American in a studio, like in the business side, like they didn't want anything to do with them because they didn't want to be seen as the Asian guy. Because you you see this a lot in in the industry where what you start doing becomes your thing. Right, you get pigeonholed really easily, really quickly. You know, you're the comedy guy, you're the horror guy, you're the whatever guy. And back then, no one wanted to be the Asian American guy, uh, or the Asian American person, right? Uh, but now, I feel like these days, now that there's a movement, now that there is more acceptance, now solidarity. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, now there's more of a a call to like support and like make this representation thing. Bigger, like take advantage of this momentum because who knows how long this will last. You know, right. this current trend of diversity and 
um, inclusiveness and representation. Like we've seen these waves before, you know, mm-hmm. the heyday of, you know, Living Single and Martin and those shows gave way to another rise in all white shows. And, you know, now we're part of this conversation now. How do we keep this momentum going so that it doesn't, you know, we don't see the dissipate yeah. into oblivion. Right. <laughs> but I like that. And I'm honestly glad because I feel that the momentum, even within the, the small community that's growing all the time in Los Angeles, even with the conversations that are happening as a result of this podcast and the podcast that we know, the ones that you always mention with Will and with Phil and ha <laughs> it's just like rhyming. Um, but with Keiko and everybody and, and Taz, everyone's kind of generating their own conversations to create that relevancy. And I still think that solidarity is an issue. I don't think we're there yet, personally. I feel we're really blessed to be around people who are constantly but supporting one another. But it's getting better. I'm like, it's still very... But we're on that upward rise. So I agree right. with Marv that like yeah. we do need to do that. But like it needs to be called out. It needs to be like you can't passively just wait for other people to do it for you. Yeah. It's the conversation is louder than ever. And it's it's kind of like we're finally part of the it's sad to say, but we're finally part of the conversation. Yeah. And we're at a point right now where, you know, America's hurling towards, like we said before, like a very diverse future, right? Like yeah. it's unless, you know, somehow there's a purge and everyone gets sent back to their countries or whatever, you know, America's not becoming less diverse anytime soon. Mm-hmm. So it's not good. Much to the chagrin of like a lot of people. <laughs> and so... Ain't going anywhere. Get used to it. <laughs> and so like, yeah, I mean... Try our food. It's, well, it's, it's no wonder why these movements are getting more and more freaking more, more and more loud and more and more yeah. unavoidable. Well, right? because it's already been said and like introduced, it's not going to get any like less than that. It's just going to keep going up from there. Mm-hmm. But so. I'm very curious to see like what types of I'm very curious because we've met a number of people who have really rejected their Asianness, their Asian identity. And I want to see because I feel like it's a liberation of sorts. When like somebody, what would they do? Yeah. What What is your opinion now? You know, uh-huh. and, and, and do you still feel that way or is it really making a difference? Because it's different for us who have kind of always had this sense of uh, passion about identity and and sharing our stories and having a, a moderate level of pride about it, mm-hmm. even though we've had a lot of anxiety and issues and whatnot. But there are people who have just straight up hated who they are. Like denounced. Like denounced <laughs> their Asian-ness. Like they turned in their yellow card and they're just like, well, not yellow, yeah, whatever. Like Great band. Huh? Good band. Yeah. Um, there's a band called Yellow Card. Yeah. They Ocean, Ocean Avenue. Avenue. Oh, yeah. It'll be interesting to see if, you know, we'll probably see more and more stories of those types of people come out and how these shows and this representation has affected them because there's a lot of people who don't want to like something because it's the Asian thing, Mm -hmm. right? But right now, it's the only thing, too. Right. This doesn't have to be a bad thing. (laughs) But I I feel like a lot of people, the inflection point comes in college. And, you know, the three of us grew up amongst Asians, right? You know, before Minji went to her all-white high school, she was amongst a bunch of Asians in San Jose. Very much so. And so... Pleasanton. (laughs) And so we kind of grew up being more confident in our identity because it was never an issue. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, outside of our bubble, it is a huge issue. There's other people who are among, like people who don't want you to be Asian, I guess. Or even people that, like, I didn't, for a long time, these people were legend to me. You know, yeah. People who, like, 
rejected being Asian or were the only Asian in their high school. Like that to me was like a foreign concept until I left LA. I left California and realized, yeah, it's, it's a thing and it's a real thing that people deal with. And, you know, as an adolescent growing up, like being different was the That's worst. The whole other yeah. side. Right? <laughs> That's just being young period. It's like yeah. wanting oh, to fit in into <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. oh, your hand is smaller than mine. Small hands, small hands. You know, like, you'll make something a thing. <laughs> you know they say about people with small hands? Uh, anyway. <laughs> they wear small gloves. They do. Um, but here's my thing, too. And this is where I feel like our conversation with collaboration has has uh, become more layered. We're just identifying the layers. If, if it's not about fighting an external force or an external impression that's being imposed upon us, I feel like more of my what I've become more passionate about over the years is not about fighting that external force, but sorting through our own internal stuff. I feel like that's th- that's the significant solution, like true solution versus having a demonstration and waving signs. It's not to say that that's not important. Absolutely, we I love that there are people out there vocalizing that. And we're doing that right now. Right. But at the same time, it's for me, it's more the day-to-day, like the nitty-gritty you is... You start from the inside giving us before changing yeah, something. Exactly. And giving space for people to sort through all of that stuff because that takes a long time right. and a lot of conversation and art or what have you, you know, relationships to figure that out because that's what I think is going to change everything else. Right, right. So, yeah. yeah. It's less about like... Well, um, if you, the listener, have any stories about how representation has changed your life or yeah, affected it, hear. Like, we want to hear from you. Send us an email. And then like you like accept or, like, it now. I know this... I know this story Just exists because like, one of my best friends from grad school was like this. Like she grew up hating being Asian. Like mm-hmm. she would get mad at her parents for bringing up Asian snacks when her friends were home. Uh, yeah. And, you know, wanted it so badly just to like not have any of that imagery present in her life. And it's a, it's a real thing. So, you know, if that's your story, we'd love to hear from you because, you know, you're, you're talking to three people who kind of didn't live that childhood. But Well, we did in, in waves. I had issues, yeah. even though I grew up in very diverse, like my mom, when my mom called me Minji in front of my friends, I felt weird. <laughs> but then when she called me Christine, which she, you know, never calls me unless it's in front that of. means you're in trouble. No, it never meant anything. It's just like she's catering to a different audience and it's it felt weird. And yeah. that's like, honestly, it's a very shared thing go. with a lot of Asian people. But like catering having, to different people. Yeah. It's like, who are you talking to? This is the like the set example that I have to be in front of this person or blah, blah, blah. I felt like I had multiple identities and that's like been an mask. issue. Because, yeah, because I felt I was one name and the other. And that's something I'm curious about other people who have, you know, the Asian Same. name or not even just Asian, but like you have your <laughs> like other name. different name. I feel like names in general can be a white whole name. separate <laughs> feature topic in a future podcast. I would love that. that. Yeah. Bing, Bing would actually be a great guest for that. He's the one who ta- referred to, he's like, I gave up my slave name. <laughs> I was like, wow, I never heard about it like that. Well, I was surprised because Aubrey only has two names. I don't know because Filipinos don't really have an Asian name. Yeah, other, like, you have many names. But we have a lot of names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like my, I don't have a like another name but my name is already really long as it is yeah <laughs> so did you ever have issues with that just like no yeah because like writing it, it right? out would be like aubrey valley and magalang and that's already long enough yeah and i guess the filipino name would be like three names before you well you don't you also have <laughs> yeah, your, yeah, your, yeah, yeah. your mom's mom's name and yeah. your dad's yeah, dad's yeah. name and when my when i saw my friend's uh, passport i was i was like damn <laughs> 
yeah, like, you have to write that all in it's like a, your it's government It's the Spanish forms. traditions from you know colonialism. And yeah, all so that. I guess yeah, yeah the slave. Although Magalang is a Filipino name, right? It's not yeah. a Spanish name. It means respectful. Mm. Oh, yeah. lovely. Which is? Would you consider yourself? <laughs> I mean, am I? <laughs> I think you are. Okay. But they- <laughs> Our loudness. Only because she Aubrey and my loudness. Minji can be says that because she doesn't work with you every day as your day to day supervisor. <laughs> I can tell you that is false. That's so sad. Challenge the system, Aubrey. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but yeah. Respectfully challenge. No, yeah. I don't know. We're gonna have to come back to this name discussion in the future. Yeah, great really podcast. Interesting. We're kind of done with this one. <laughs> We're Aww. at the end of our hour. Um, but great chat, good chat, and looking forward to the future of. Asian Americans in media and hopefully we'll have more great stories Such to tell more, ce- week, more celebrations to celebrate or more accomplishments to celebrate what I'm talking about it's late guys yeah every week <laughs> and yeah maybe one day we'll be talking about new in the academy Minji Chang one day we'll see that was <laughs> the goal that's amazing that's the hope in 2014 and all of our friends as well there's like people <laughs> that what are you putting a number on it no pressure, deadlines, stop it. Um, no, I think there's a lot of people with... I'm within, kidding, this world's not going to be here in 2040. Um, I think That's that... so pessimistic. <laughs> I'm already in a bad place, Martin. Stop dragging me down. But I, I'm, very, I'm very excited because I know that there's a lot of people that we know and work with and respect and have seen them put in the, the sweat equity it and everything. Happen. It's happening right now. Oh, yeah. And I'm excited. We're going to party every time someone gets added to it. And you know, it's going to be epic. And yeah. It's inspiring. Changes. Change. Yeah. I like cute Tupac now. <laughs> dun, 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 you know, you sampled that, right? Dun, the actual song. Change. Yeah. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Or now, now we owe Tupac $10 million. For I do that. not. That was not recognizable by any bot. <laughs> no bot could recognize that. All right. Thanks. That for would mean I have to be really in, on, t- on, <laughs> on super mute. Yeah. <laughs> and that'll do it for this episode of the Collabcast. You can always find more episodes at collaboration.org. And you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever you find podcasts through our RSS feed. If you do listen to us on iTunes, please leave us a review and message. We would super appreciate it and we always love hearing from you. If you'd like to send us an email, especially if you have stories about growing up Asian outside of California or in California. Any California? Any California. (laughs) um, Please send those emails to podcast at collaboration.org. That's collaboration with a K. Yes. K. Thanks again to Inchua for use of her song Mouse Deer for this um, episode of the Collabcast. Um, you the bomb, Inch. We'll have a new song next the week for the month com. of August. It's already August. Can you just believe that? I can't believe Stop it. <laughs> yeah. We still didn't talk about our show, but yeah, it was awesome. We'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and I'll do it for Marvin, Minji, and intern Aubrey. Or just Yay. Aubrey. Thanks for joining. Thank you for having me. Yes. This has been the Collabcast. Thanks for listening and we'll see you all next week. We'll see you there or we'll see you on another time. Bye. Bye. My naked soul, you babe.